Hey, listeners of Just the Worst Podcast, this is your favorite Green Beret, Jeff Adamick, host of Changing Hearts and Minds and Lessons in Leadership, Band of Brothers Podcasts. I'm coming straight into your ear holes, not just to interrupt your dose of Valentina and Patty as they help eliminate any small hopes left in your mind about humanity, but to remind you all about February 17th, 2018, and what's going to be going down in Kansas City, Missouri. Are we waging war with the emus? Planning a purity party? No, it's way better than all that. We're having a meetup, guys. Come to Kansas City, 17 February, 7 to 10 p.m. in the Big Rip Brewing Company, 216 East 9th Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri. Who will be meeting up? Good question. Patty Larson from Just the Worst Podcast will be there. Sam Culper from Breakers Podcast. Myself, Jeff Adamick, Brent, and Brad from Sofa King Podcast. And there's a host from a whole bunch of other shows that are coming out, like Hysteria 51's Brent Hand, The Ectoplasm Show's Jason Kupsik, Paranormal Frequency's David Glidden, Language of Bromance's Sean Henninger, and Carrie McGinnis from the Blazing Caribou Studios. So make plans now to come out and meet all of us. What, what's that? Oh, you want some more info? Certainly. Go to kcpodcon.com for more info. That is kcpodcon.com for more information. I will bring all the awesome, Patty will bring all the worst, and the other hosts will bring all their talent. And we'll see you guys there, Kansas City, February 17th. Hello, lovely humans. Let's talk about how wonderful the world is. Are you mad? It's bloody awful out there. It's just the worst. Hello. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Welcome to Just the Worst Podcast. That's Patty, and I am Valentina. Hello. Welcome. What's new, Valentina? Oh my God, so much. Stuff. Such a good question. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, okay, I I did have a question though because oh. you were telling me the other day that you were gonna sell your motorcycle. <laughs> yes, and get a smaller one because I'm a pussy. <laughs> so did that happen? No, this weird lady came and looked at it and asked me like a hundred really technical questions about it. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I just bought this thing on a whim. Yeah, I literally just (laughs) ride it around. So I felt like for all like the horses that I've ridden, I was like, God, I could be so specific and I could tell you everything about every horse I've ridden. Yeah. So I must just look like a moron. But I'm like, I just bought it to learn on because you can't take the class every weekend. So yeah. So no, but there's been a couple of guys interested in it. But one guy's name is like Stephen Stallions. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a scam. That is totally a scam. I think he listened to our la- latest episode. It's entirely possible. Just... Yeah. And he's like, I work from 10 a.m. to midnight. Can we do a weekend? And I was like, I, this is just getting weirder. Yeah. What does he do? I don't know. I didn't ask. Oh, you should have asked. I don't know if I... What does one Come do on, Stephen Stallions. Long? What are you doing? <laughs> Until the middle of God knows when in the night. I, yeah. At least he didn't ask you, hey, can we meet at like midnight? I, get, I know. Can look true. at the motorcycle? Can you meet me in this parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Because that's it's how you end up dead. It's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if anyone out there has a 250 that would like a 650, please let me know. Let's trade. That seems and that's like a what really big difference. Mm, that's not really. It's not. I mean, does it go from two fifty? We to already 650? established. I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so the bikes we learned on in the class were two fifties. Okay, but I thought that two fifties would have looked much smaller, but they didn't. Oh, 
though. My bike's just really heavy. So mine's 475 pounds. And a 250 can be like under 350. Oh, that makes a big difference. Yeah. When you tip over, especially. But I never have, so it's fine. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Only in the class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Well, at least you had friends. Have you talked to them again? You guys were all going to no, go on a ride. No, we all drifted apart. Already? I know our little text chain. That was back in November. Yeah. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Is that long? Because it, it was when we first started the podcast. Was it? Yeah. Because mm. we sort of started with the whole, well, did we do an episode on the, oh, we did on the wings, but that's right when you were. Oh, yeah. It was me. And, and that's what our anyway. Patreon mm -hmm. levels are mm -hmm. now is. Which is awesome. Silver wings, platinum wings, et cetera, et cetera. Way so. better wings than you get with a gang. With a gang, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Way better prizes, too. You don't even have to go down on a dead person. <laughs> You that's don't. a win. That is a win. I mean, unless that's your thing. And then who am I to judge? <laughs> I, I would judge. Sorry. I watch pimple popping videos. <laughs> I'm sure people judge me for that. Well, you know, I think most people do. They just keep it quiet. You think? Uh, I don't know. But they seem to be very popular and people talk about them a lot. Yeah. There's so, a whole community. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know. I love gross stuff like that. Well, that's really why we started this podcast, because we love gross stuff. Yeah. It could have been gross. Or terrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but then we would have really had but to. But it needs to be visual. Because, yes, we could have a YouTube channel. But then we'd <laughs> just be next. playing other people's videos, which I don't <laughs> think you're allowed to them. do. <laughs> <laughs> but you did manage to gross me out just before we started recording with the oh, puppy yeah. worm thing. That was really so bad. Little backstory here, everyone. I drink a lot. I know that's just surprising, <laughs> but the upside. And that's not her on on air persona. No, this is you what haven't happens. even seen me drunk. No, because uh, I'd be on the floor. I have a big <laughs> battle with gravity when I drink, as anyone who has ever drunk with me knows. I just I'll take a knee every now and then. I'll take a knee. Yep, I just gotta <laughs> think about things. Um, <laughs> so the only benefit to be drinking a lot is that I get very frivolous with my money in regards to people go on amazon and buy crazy things i donate money to hospitals in africa i would or say dogs. frivolous i would just say you have a very giving heart when you've been drinking to animals yes fuck people well you don't yeah yeah okay. so uh my most recent <clears throat> iteration of this was a bill for the vet clinic of Gambia, <laughs> where I donated a hefty sum. I just did my taxes last weekend, so that's why I know all of the donations I made last mm -hmm. year. Um, so, yeah, the pimple popping videos lead to earwax videos, which lead to other kind of worms popping. So then there's, what are the foot ones? I just forgot. I don't Jiggers. Remember. Oh, God. That, that one really did me so, in. Yeah, so people in Africa, I don't even know what part of Africa. I'm so sorry. But uh, they're barefoot primarily, and there's these horrible little, like, bugs that jump into your feet and then turn into little, like, larva pods. And then your foot, like, crusts over in a really gross way. So then you go to get them. I don't know why people don't do this to themselves, but okay. But so they go to these, like, you know, Red Cross clinics, and then someone just literally sits there with a knife, like, cuts the scab off the top. And then there's, like, a little white... It's essentially like pimple popping, except that it's alive, which is grosser, I'll admit. Much grosser. So they pick those out, and that's fascinating to watch. And then there's a thing in, also in Africa, it sounds, it sounds worse than Australia. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm 
I'm beginning to wonder about this Africa place. <laughs> right? Um, and they're called mango worms, and they get into dogs. And it's they're literally all, like a honeycomb, basically. Aww. The dog, Yeah. I don't even know how the dogs are surviving. And this, I don't know honestly. if it, it must hurt. But, I mean, these people are kind of doing living with it as well. So they either, like, dunk these animals in water to try to drown the little... I mean, they're not really worms. They're larvae as well, I assume. Um, but yeah, you you can literally just like pick up like the skin on like a dog's foot, you know, where it's like kind of tighter and you can just squeeze it mm-hmm. and they all just go and pop it out. It's, it's gross. And then they just throw them in a bowl. The worms, not the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but so I sent them money the first time I apparently i've sent them money more than once uh and i was like fuck mango worms and they wrote back and they were like thank you so much this really helps us with like our trap and neuter spay program blah blah blah. and i was like mango worms aren't even on your list of things that are horrible so apparently that's just well they're trying to limit the number of dogs so then they can limit the number of mango worms i guess yeah but it is i mean i I do feel mixed emotions because you do see these kind of like very rural farmer looking type guys that are barefoot, you know, wearing like a Patriots won the Super Bowl t shirt. <laughs> that, that didn't right. happen. Yeah. All those clothes you donate end up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's going to be an entire village of people wearing Patriots gear <laughs> pretty true. soon. Yeah. Fuck the Patriots. I, I had a Ooh. suitcase stolen out of my truck once in the city mm-hmm. and it had my favorite Arrested Development sweatshirt in it. Bastards. It was Job. And I think Gob, it, you mean? Gob. Gob loose. <laughs> and I think it was the tricks or something, hoarders for money. And so it got stolen. And I was like, if I see a fucking homeless guy wearing a blue hoodie with Joe Bluth on it, I'm going to pull over and be like, excuse me. That's my sweatshirt, <laughs> not yours. Also my grandmother's jewelry, but whatever. It's fine. Who cares about the jewelry? I'm not bitter. Yeah. Anyway. I've had that happen one time where I had a suitcase. I had a suitcase stolen out of... Oh, this is a good story. Oh. And it will lead really well into my topic, <laughs> actually. It's how I got So, <laughs> no, I went to New York to visit my sister right before Christmas one year. And this was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. And I used to hang out with some unsavory characters. No. I swear. Mm. And I came home. I did Christmas shopping there because I actually had some money that I hadn't spent because I was under good behavior because I was with my sister. Nice. And so I came home and promptly went to a friend's house and decided to stay the night there oh. um, because we were partying. We were celebrating my return ah, from New York. As one does. As one does. Yes. And I left my suitcase in the car oh. with all the Christmas presents I bought in it, and it got stolen. It's the worst feeling. Swear to God, the people who lived in that house stole my suitcase. Nice. <laughs> Those are my friends. But then they didn't my have any evidence because they just broke po- into my car, stole drugs. my shit, bought drugs, and probably shared them with me. But still, it's like <laughs> it's a circle of life. Yeah, it's a circle <laughs> of life. That's the kind of the experience. I'm like just looking around, going, "Hey, wait what? a second. Why are you flush with cash? I bet that was you that stole all my shit. That's terrible. Oh my god. I mean, but I mean, I remember stealing stuff from people and then helping them look for it. Like I was that person. Like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, you lost your bag. I had a very weird friend mm. in San Luis Obispo who would steal stuff, mm-hmm. like clothing, but she would leave you an article of clothing. So you'd be like, um, Lindsay, I have your shirt. <laughs> She's like, that's fine. And I'm like, and it took me the longest time to be like, why is she just giving she me clothes? She was just doing a and trade. She was just, yeah, she was trading out my clothes and I didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't steal items. I mostly just stole 
um, like, chemicals and things. Oh. So, like, if you lost a, a baggie of something, I have no idea where that went. Looks, oh, I'm pretty sure stealing drugs is fair Let's game. look behind the sofa cushions. <laughs> I bet that's where it is. Totally. Look, here's a penny. Yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, the people I used to hang out with, I mean, I had so many things stolen and people break in. Like, I had locks on my bedroom door and people trying to break oh my into God. my room. and no, no. People You've come a long shit. way. I've come a long way. Yeah, I don't, I don't hang out with people like that anymore. Mm. But the reason they were like that, Valentina. Do tell! It's sort of the topic that I chose for tonight. Was it wine? No. Was it Pinot Grigio? <laughs> Which I don't I count as wine. Because wine. Of, no, it's white wine and it's gross. Oh. I'm, yeah. I'm anti-white. I think all wine is gross. I was having this conversation with somebody the other night about, like, if I was going to get drunk, Ooh. wine is the last fucking thing I would drink. What would you go for? Cocktails. What's your cocktail? I don't know, but it would be a cocktail. Mm. I don't even know half the cocktails anymore, but I would definitely go just hard alcohol, some great There's something. There's some good ones out there. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that. Don't but do if that. I was going to do it, it would not be wine or beer. Ugh. No. But when I was a drinker, it was always about how fast can I make this happen? Yes. It wasn't about like, oh, let's have a nice glass of wine and right. get a little buzz on. It was Hello, like, I'm drinking out of a box right now. Can I be the most hammered person in the room? And how long will that take? Oh, God. When I, like my friend Jenny and like her girlfriend at the time were super beer snobs. Like she's a beer purchaser for like the bar that she works at. Okay. And, all, and I mean, it's Northern California. So it's very like boutique breweries yeah. and IPAs and blah, blah, blah. whatever's. Like, my friend, like, Mary went to go get Pliny the Younger today right. mm -hmm. and had to wear a wristband. Like, that's how, like, limited edition this shit is. So, um, we would go to all these really cool bars and, not even bars, but restaurants that had, like, very extensive beer lists. And my, like, criteria for, for finding a beer would be whatever has the highest percentage of alcohol. Yes. So I was like, if I'm going to get all of these fucking calories up in here, I need like an 8.0 or better. Right. I'm not going to drink your fucking 4.0 I like the way you think. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty much how I roll. Yeah. I would be right there with you. Yeah. The but two I, of us I together would probably be a disaster. Oh, we'd be dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or in Mexico somewhere. <laughs> obviously, yeah. I can appreciate a very nice glass of wine. Like, I've had amazing bottles of wine in my lifetime. And yeah. I totally, I get it. And it's, if I could live my life like that, I would. Yeah, but I have no interest in it. It's just a means to an end. Exactly. Like, yeah. I just don't, mm -mm, don't care. Yeah. But yeah. what's worse than drinking? Oh, oh, gosh. Well, so I started down this, I was watching documentaries yesterday because uh, I was home you. all day and I wasn't feeling well. And so God, I, the best. I know it was really fun. Poor Ian comes home and he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, documentaries. <laughs> um, Did you know? <laughs> But so I started watching one about I don't know if you've ever seen there's a there's a documentary called Heroin and it's with like an heroin e. with an E and it's about a medic that's in yeah. like Virginia. Right. So I watched that one a while back. So I've wanted to do this topic because it's pretty interesting to me. But it's it all kind of goes back to the poppy and mm -hmm. the poppy's ability to produce things that They're minimize delightful. pain. Yeah. Um, but so then yesterday I was watching, I can't even remember what they're called. I think one was literally called fentanyl, <laughs> which, um, is a big problem right now. And it's pretty interesting why, but then I went down this whole rabbit hole nice. and I have a feeling that this whole episode is going to be fucking sideways because I'd be like, and then, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, better to have too much to talk about than be like, 
and they died and we don't know why. <laughs> In case you listened to episode uh, 23. 24. 24. Yeah. 23 was horses. Yeah. Which we're never talking we're about We're never again. talking about that again. Nope. We're going to try to get that out of our heads. Yep. Um, anyway, so everybody knows there's an opioid crisis. We've been dealing with it for a lot longer than I thought. Like when I started doing the research on it. Not the opioids when you started. <laughs> no. Not when I started opioids. Not when I started doing opioids, <laughs> when I started researching them. Um, like this has been a big deal since like 2001. So to I was me, like, that sounds like it was like four years ago. I know, but it was 16, 17 years ago. And in my head, like we just heard about Oxycontin being bad like five years ago. Yeah. And I remember because my sister got all into it and was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I was like, oh, man, I've been sober for too long. And well, that, I feel yeah. like one of the big breakthroughs was what was the movie where Michael Douglas traffic? Oh, where Michael Douglas's daughter such a good movie. is rich and they do the like pill parties and whatever. And yeah. I was like, oh, people know that we do this? <laughs> people know that? Oh, shit. Yeah, there is no secrets. Are no secrets. Because you know a lot of people that make movies? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're shady characters. They're, they're, there's probably some. And actors and actresses aren't always known for their good behavior. Yeah, it's true. They do suffer from exhaustion quite often. And dehydration. <laughs> the scourge of the elite. The scourge of all rock stars <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I know when we were watching the Super Bowl the other day and it was just Justin Timberlake standing out there and just like girls, just everybody just screaming. And I was like, I cannot imagine what that feels like. Damn. You will. You're going to know. <laughs> this podcast is going to launch you into things you'd never we believed. Were, we started talking about how like it's no wonder Justin Bieber turned into an asshole. Like if you would have made me that famous when I was 16. Oh, for sure. Everybody just told me I was great all the time. Yeah. And like no wonder oh absolutely no there's there's no doubt that they yeah no no yeah we Sorry, were talking about Lindsay starts. lohan earlier and how yeah. that, i mean all those people yeah so anyway i'm gonna start i was gonna start with fentanyl because that was my original topic but then i went down the oxycontin rabbit mm -hmm. hole and there's a whole lot to the whole oxycontin thing so that was mm -hmm. made by purdue pharmaceuticals okay. and i have a whole backstory on purdue Do also it. which is fucking crazy oh um I know this could be like a fucking two this hour be, long yeah. episode. <laughs> I'm gonna, again, again, let Patreon. me look this up real quick. Um, so Oxycontin was a drug that uh, Purdue put out on the market in 1996. Okay. And they marketed it like before that, they're, like historically it was in the 1930s. We talked about that. Like they were yeah, just heroin. Just heroin. Here, have heroin. And then they realized that, wow, this is really making people Die. terribly yeah this is terrible for people so they went on like a narcomania and it was sort Ooh. of like a um prohibition yeah it was a prohibition of all that so doctors didn't prescribe it people were terrified of it because it was like wow it really messes people up oh. and that continued on until the 50s 60s whatever like right. for a long time and oxycontin was the thing that really turned it around for opiates being like widely prescribed and so purdue pushed it out into the market in 1996 and they marketed it as a not very addictive drug i don't know if you remember this but they were like oh it's time release so it doesn't get people high it just solves the pain problem and blah 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 blah. and they can oh, take it and it'll be no I problem and and in conjunction with that there was research that was going on that was saying that when you're prescribing opiates for pain that um 
addiction wasn't really a problem. That okay. addiction was more born than made. So they were saying that addicts are basically addicts Fucked already. And so don't, you know, don't not prescribe because that could be a right. thing. Like you're like, not going to make a heroin right. out of this mom. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so doctors began prescribing the drug at a much higher rate than they had in the past. And they started prescribing it for things that were not related to severe pain. Um, so it was just like chronic pain or back pain or whatever. Like people could go and get it for anything. Um, then I got into this whole story about where Purdue came from, which I I don't know where that's going to fit in right now. Um, so they, they ended up causing a huge problem, (laughs) right? Because it turns out this shit was really addictive Mm. and that people were just crushing it up to, to bypass the... Uh, time, time release, release. problem. Fuck your time release. It goes in my <laughs> Yeah. Nose. And so what what uh, ended up happening really was that people um, got strung out on the pills when they were no longer able to get the pills. Then they went and they ended up doing heroin because heroin was easy Which to find. Crazy. Yeah. So um, the numbers are pretty astounding. So like, what did they say? Where, where is it? Okay. So according to the Centers for Disease Control, 53,000 Americans died from opioid overdoses in 2016. Hmm. 50, that 36,000 people died in car crashes and 35,000 died from gun violence. Oh, so it's almost double that. Yeah. So people are dying from this more than they're dying from anything That's else. a lot. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is starting because people ended up getting pills. And like in some areas of the country it's like four out of five people started on prescription drugs and then ended up spiraling out of control um so it's just it's gotten crazy and so eventually uh purdue got in trouble for pushing this drug so hard on people and they do like crazy stuff like kickbacks to doctors for prescribing it and like so they're basically paying people off to do it yeah um between 98 and 2002 so this came out in 96 Mm -hmm. between 98 and 2002 er reports of oxycontin abuse quadrupled nationwide (laughs) yeah and uh doctor so they're super easy to get and that's costing us money yeah because it's all er visits and Mm -hmm. all them people are not insured and whatnot yeah so it's costing a ton of money Mm -hmm. and what happens is like eventually they'll start um you know somebody will get it together and actually you were asking me like who's suing the pharmaceutical companies it's actually states so like the state of washington has sued companies and then a bunch of other ones will follow up and i know purdue was one of those that um got sued i think it was by the state of washington Hmm. and they so they pled guilty to criminal charges they paid 600 million dollars in fines holy balls their earnings were $3 billion in 2010 off this one drug. So to them, it's like, fuck it. Here you go. Here's your measly $600 million. How can they, like, admit guilt and fault and still be able to do what they're doing? Because they're very powerful. Mm. So, okay, so I'm going to just tell this, even though it's probably going to make my story all jacked up. No. I'm going to tell the story about the people who primarily own Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Do it. Okay. So their name is the Stacklers. Oh, that's never heard right. Of them. Yes. So um, they and so Purdue is the American branch of this. Oh, sorry, it's the Sackler family. Um, and this family is estimated to be worth about fourteen billion dollars, but no one is really sure because they stay way under the radar. 
And they're, the greatest part of their wealth is from Oxycontin. So you would have heard of them if you had like gone to the Met lately because they built a wing onto the Met. They nice. build libraries at places like Oxford. And so they're really highfalutin, like blue chip, yeah. very wealthy. We want to have a great name sort of family. Um, Just the daughter ride horses. There is. I don't think there's a daughter. So this oh. is mostly about the three brothers that started Ooh. the company. Um, so, but in 2015, it kind of, I guess somebody finally noticed them. So they ended up on the, <laughs> on the Forbes What's list, up with these rich but they fuckers? like really try to stay separate from Purdue Pharma. They, they try to associate their family with all their, their giving, mm -hmm. their philanthropic stuff and sort of avoid the fact that they're, um, owners of Purdue. And so they, they have. They've hidden their connection as much as they can. And when they are questioned about it, they say, well, it's a privately held firm. We're a family. We like to keep our privacy. Sure so they do. can just avoid talking about it. Um, it. This sounds like, I just Googled it, uh -huh. the New Yorker article. Their names are really Arthur, Mortimer, and Raymond. Yeah. I like told you they're a little blue, blue blood. straight up. What's that movie with Eddie Murphy? Trading like Places. <laughs> Aren't their names like Mortimer and That's right. Arthur? Yeah. Um, That's pretty crazy. That is pretty funny. Uh, so since 1996, and I think this was in from 2016, they said that more than 200,000 people in the U.S. have died from overdoses of OxyContin and other prescription painkillers. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, and... And like and that the interesting thing is like during this whole period when they were really starting to market OxyContin, the Sackler family members were actively involved in Purdue's day to day affairs. So they were filling the majority of the board slots. They were supplying all the top executives. They were really, um, really part of the whole push. But as you can imagine, none of them ended up in prison when they all pled guilty not. to criminal charges. So it's pretty interesting. So these guys have been around. For a long time. So, is there any ties to Purdue University? Ooh, I don't know. Hmm. That did not come up. They put their name on that. Yeah, yeah the, the list of stuff that. they put their names on: the Sackler Gallery in Washington, the Sackler Museum at Harvard, the Sackler Center for Arts Education at the Guggenheim, the Sackler Wing at the Louvre, the Sackler Institutes and Facilities at Columbia, Oxford, and a dozen other universities. Yeah. So they're, they're modern lovely. Medici's. Yes, they're they're like, and they're, they're it's crazy because they're super secret. Like they're not like the. I feel like when you get that right, like the Rothschilds, exactly. You don't even the Rockefellers, about. Rothschilds, but like people know about them. Like yeah, these guys were totally undercover. So they made their fortune um, as doctors. So they, the three brothers, worked in a medical, um, in a psychiatric hospital, and they got their degrees, and whatnot. And they started doing a lot of work on psychosis and the the brain's chemi chemistry, basically, mm -hmm. and trying to tie those things together um, in a time when the Freudian model was really oh. used. So there, it was like, you know, um, nature versus nurture right. and all that like kind of stuff. So they were more on the nature side was, of it. Yeah. And so that's kind of the work that they were doing. And concurrent with this psychiatric work, Arthur Sackler, I think he's the oldest brother, started doing pharmaceutical advertising. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, it was really just... Do you remember when they couldn't advertise medicine on the TV? I totally remember yeah. this. Like, when they first started being able to, and well, it's like, what the hell? they still make them say all the fucking... Like, well, yeah. Go ask your doctor about it, and then he'll tell you about the side effects. Yeah, well, we can I don't want to listen to them read off for 
five minutes. We can probably thank Ar Arthur Sackler for much of this because Thanks. he was probably one of the first pharmaceutical advertising guys. And so he um, he helped prep the, the people who went door to door to doctors to sell drugs. Nice. And he was the one who thought that print ads in medical journals would have a revolutionary effect on selling pharmaceuticals. So he convince them to do that because people are dumb yeah and, and like he, he mostly around steroids antibiotics antihistamines and psychotropics in the 1950s um so they acquired purdue in 1952 and that same year arthur became the first ad man to convince the journal of american medical association to include color advertising in their i can't brochures. believe they did that do they still do it Advert are i'm sure they do they're journals? owned by medical journals that sounds bananas. um and so he was also if you recall in the 1950s and 60s valium became a really big thing mother's little and I, yeah so he was contracted by roche to develop an advertising strategy for valium <laughs> and yeah so this guy's got a history of pushing drugs right that are really dangerous on He's, people that's worse than like stringer bell Seriously, way worse than Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell would like to be him. Yes, he was trying. Poor guy. Hmm. Um, but Valium became America's most widely prescribed medication. Fascinating. And it was the first to reach more than $100 million in sales. Have you ever taken Valium? Yes. What does it do? Makes you sleepy yeah. and high. I thought it's like not that I have fun. some funny stories about Valium, actually. My sister had a boyfriend for a while that stole um, a triplicate pad from a doctor, so he would write us prescriptions oh. for it. That's the dream, isn't it, it? It was really the dream. And I remember one time they got in a fight in the car, and they were fighting over it, and the pills just flew everywhere. <laughs> and I'm in the back seat, like, grabbing them all over, <laughs> shoving them in my pockets. Oh, oh. Keep fighting, keep great. fighting, yeah. guys. Hey, just do you know what she said with... about you? <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, but Arthur, he was richly rewarded for this because he was, his compensation was based on how much was sold. And he became one of the first inductees into the Medical Advertising Hall of Fame. Oh, what? Yeah. So he clearly knew. <laughs> Why is that even a fucking thing? <laughs> he probably he probably invented it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make my own Hall of Fame. I want an award. Um, so they, they helped. <laughs> <laughs> they helped, you know, put oxycontin out on the market yeah. they were responsible for the fact that opioid prescriptions quadrupled and even after they got busted and they kind of had to settle back and be like oh it is a lot more addictive than we thought what happened was it opened up the market because all of a sudden doctors perceptions of opiates had changed right so now they're thinking oh we can prescribe these again so there's all these other opiates that we can oh. start prescribing one of those being fentanyl Yo. and so fentanyl um unlike opium and heroin is totally synthetic so it's not made out of poppies um it's 50 to 100 percent more potent than heroin it's the most powerful painkiller on the market um i thought there was something stronger now than fentanyl that like a cop touches it that's fentanyl the oh, patches shit. yeah um, at least that's what they say about it i don't know i mean the way people are using it it My doesn't crazy like ex-boyfriend used to have fentanyl patches yeah well, if you had scraped the gel off of those, put it in the microwave for a little while, turned it into a powder, and then shot it up, you would have gotten really mm, high. Weird. Because that's what people were doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't I Drug don't. addicts are nothing if not crazy. You know, if they turned their their intelligence into good. Just that instead amount of, of determination. That, 
they can accomplish incredible things. It's like it when really I watch Intervention, amazing. I'm like, ladies, if you spend as much time plucking your eyebrows out of your head as you did maybe like taking a birth control pill, we might be in a different situation. Yeah, it's true. Um, so it 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 that's that became amazing. the big the big drug, and that's what's killing people like crazy now because it is so much stronger than heroin. And it's being sold as heroin. They're actually calling it China White, which was very confusing to me because when I was a kid, China White was the heroin that came from Asia, which was a white powder. The, and then there was Mexican tar, which was a tar substance that came there, from Mexico. Isn't there another China something? I, I, I feel like there's another China. I don't know. But you they're calling fentanyl China White. Um, and what they're doing is is a lot of the heroin dealers are mixing fentanyl into the heroin. Ooh. And they're saying, like, that's the only – that's their competitive edge is because it's so much stronger that it's getting people higher. So is fentanyl normally in a pill? <clears throat> I think it's nor- – well, I think it's normally a patch. But they were doing – That's like, what I thought. But they're finding it in all kinds of – shit just took Jesus off. Christ. So now people are, like, black market making, manufacturing fentanyl in Mexico. Like, El Chapo got a hold of this idea. Oh, so they paid somebody, like, $50,000 to show them how to make it. Because it's all (laughs) no, because it's all synthetic. So they paid somebody to teach them how to make it. So they started making it, mixing it into the heroin in Mexico before they even got it up here. So now it's like part of the deal, basically. Super addictive, super crazy. Um, And so people on the street are, you know, they don't even not sure. I mean, not like you ever really do, which is why ODs happen all the time anyway. But this is so much stronger that it can, you know, it can either be the greatest thing ever or you die. Yeah. So there's this company and I wanted to talk about some of the the, just the gnarly pharmaceutical companies aside from Purdue who are just freaking evil, money hungry bastards. There's a company called Incis and they um, sold fentanyl. Incis. Oh. Like in system, but just Incis. Oh, okay. Um, They sell a fentanyl spray. (laughs) It's a nasal spray and it's for use by cancer patients that have breakthrough pain, I think is what they called it. So it's like this just incredible pain you can do this it the 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 time for it to work right. is really quick because it's a spray right it's right um, your little mucky membranes yeah so they released this drug and i don't remember what year it was but the company stock skyrocketed it's 700 percent yeah like overnight Huzzah, um, we're oh this something. is the so and only one year later oregon sued incest for marketing the drug for other conditions like migraine back pain neck pain etc so they went from Okay, this is for this small, small group of patients that are suffering from this incredible cancer pain to, hey, you know, we'd make a lot more money if we sold it for other uses, indications, even though that's not approved by the FDA. Apparently, there's a lot of loopholes you can get around in that. So they started saying, you know, it's good for all kinds of different pains. So doctors started prescribing it. They were actually also giving doctors kickbacks for prescribing it. Hmm. Um, So Oregon sued them, then five other states sued them. Um, and they were basically, according to this uh, documentary, like committing insurance fraud. Like they had people in their office calling insurance companies, telling them they were from the doctor's office. What? The prescribing doctor's office saying, yeah, we need to get this prescription approved for such and such patient. Um, yeah, I work for the doctor. And they would say, do they have cancer? Because that's one of the ways to get it paid for. Right. And they would go, uh-huh. And oh they felt God. like it was okay because they weren't saying yes. They were just saying, uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So that made Good it okay. Yeah. So they were literally like shady as, shady as fuck. Yeah. Um, 
so they needed they needed to be prescribed for chronic pain they really made that work ceo became a billionaire Mm -hmm. um he um there's so and now there's 30 times more fentanyl being made today than in 1995 so it's all over the freaking place and then the story with insys is and I, I you, we talked about this right before we started the episode about Narcan and like that literally Narcan is given to every medic, every fireman, every emergency response person ever, especially like in Virginia, like that whole area where right. it's been a huge epidemic, because they run into so many ODs, ODs. a day, a day. It's like four to five people oh, a day. Yeah. Like it's crazy, crazy, num- crazy, 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 crazy. <laughs> We're so fucked forever. <laughs> um, so they all carry this Narcan pen. So guess who started developing Narcan? Could it, it be, be insects? <laughs> oh, insects! <laughs> That's right. So, I'm but a lot insects. of the a lot of the opiate companies have now started developing Narcan drugs. That's insane! And the price of them have gone up. So they said, um, like you know, twenty years ago, uh, a Narcan thing would have been eighteen bucks, like a uh, a dose. Is it of like it. an EpiPen kind of a thing? They have EpiPens. They have now. They have a nasal spray too Ooh. that they just I think to make it. They're all about the nasal spray. Does that do anything on its own? Like, can you it get high immediately? No, because it what it does is it immediately blocks all the receptors in Ooh. your system, so you immediately go into withdrawal. So you wake up feeling like shit. Oh, jeez! But it also blocks you know you from dying. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you get. Six or one. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. So yeah. So now these these drugs are making the Narcan. And the cost of a dose has gone from $18 to $80. Nice. Mm-hmm. So they're making a killing coming and going and not paying any consequences in between. I can't yeah. believe that can happen. Yeah. Um, so fentanyl has killed five times more people in New Hampshire, Massachusetts than heroin. Four out of five users in Massachusetts started with a legitimate pharmaceutical. Yeah. Um, and they, this centered a lot on Massachusetts, Virginia, like some states that have been hardest mm-hmm. hit. Um, each year, more than 200 million prescriptions are written for opioid painkillers now. And this all started with Purdue in 1996. Fucking Purdue. Yeah. And then, so then I got onto this. I, um, I watched this documentary called Dr. Feel Good. Uh, Have yeah. you seen it? No. Ugh. So it's about this guy, it's Dr. Just one doctor. One I... doctor. And he like comes off as like this sweet old man who's like, I'm just trying to help people with their pain. Ooh. Yeah, and and his 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 thinking was um no dose is too high. Oh, don't be afraid to prescribe and there's no time limit on how long they should be given it. And that, this was actually like the newer research done in the 80s and 90s saying like, hey, people in chronic pain need to deal with their chronic pain. Don't worry about the addictive properties if they're taking it as directed blah 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 blah. Jesus. Give them as much as they need to not be in pain anymore. So he took Where that did to heart. medical school. It, this was research that the was led done. zeppelin school of medicine <laughs> and there, no there this was That's this crazy. was like medical journals that he was reading it wasn't oh even but it was that whole addicts are born not made don't worry about it if they're in yeah. severe pain so he um really took it to heart and like they were showing some of the lists of drugs that he was giving people all at once and it was like oxycon methadone uh dilaudid oh. clonopin all of them and once with one person wow so it was like take 20 milligrams of this and 10 milligrams of that and one shot of this and one nasal spray of this and do you have his number <laughs> he no longer has a medical license damn it spoiler oh. <laughs> he 
lost his license. Um, so in, in, in their research, they found that one patient of his was prescribed 24,690 pills in a 12-month oh, span. <laughs> Another one had 81,584 pills in 19 months. That's the kind of shit That's he was... Pres- than, I mean, I'm no... He had patients who were like... I am like, a scientist, but I'm no mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> That's more than like one a day. <laughs> oh, no, because he was like, take 60 a day. It's fine. Like, he was all about getting a dose up in your system of opiates that would prevent you from being in pain ever. Jesus. Yeah. Like, la- ever, ever. Ever, ever. Forever. Yeah, so, and he used all of them. Methadol, methadone, fentanyl, clonopin, dilaudid, all of it as in the mixtures. I mean, he's just so, a little old man. No, he wasn't old at the time, but he oh. he was, he just now, he seems like this, I was just yeah. trying to help him, you know? Um, and so he, he just, he, he took it to heart that you should let people not be in pain. Never be in pain. So, but he did prescribe crazy amounts. Like people could come in and be like, "Hey, my back hurts," and he wouldn't do an MRI and he wouldn't do anything. He'd be sure. like, "Here, have two hundred pills." Literally, his first prescriptions would be for like two hundred pills. Um, where is mm. he, Massachusetts? He Virginia. was, I think, I think he was in Virginia. That's this insane. little town, like he destroyed this little fucking town. Nice. He, um. He was had 500 patients in 39 states by the time he got busted. Like you do. Yeah. And it was literally like his patients were selling pills because they were getting so many. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with all these pills. <laughs> yeah, so they just, people who are not like criminal minded were like, fuck it. I got five zillion pills and he'll give me more. All I have to do is tell him I'm in pain. So he um, would keep prescribing. He had people selling them. They arrested three dozen dealers at one point, which led back to script bottles with his name on them. So he was supplying at least three dozen um, dealers. And then when they started looking more into it, like he had, they talked to a couple patients who were like older, chronic pain, people like he saved my life. I actually was able to function with him. So there were a few people that he really helped. Um, but he also charged $1,250 for the first time consultation Holy for a new patient at his cow. clinic and then $250 in cash every month for the checkup. In cash. Yeah, both of them in cash. There's nothing weird about Nothing that. weird about that at all. Is your doctor not cash? No. Do it's, you not exactly. pull up to his car window? Right. Okay, yeah. That's weird. So they eventually <laughs> busted him because there was one pharmacy that was filling 80% of his prescriptions oh, no. and the FDA noticed that there was like huge amounts, or I think it was actually the drug company I think noticed huge amounts of orders coming from this tiny I pharmacy. Think that's in like the teaser of it, the documentary. Okay. And this like, like nowhere place. Found, yeah. That like 90% of all <laughs> heroin is going through this one. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. So they finally busted him on that. Um, but so he, he comes off as like this super innocent, like I was just trying to help people guy was he like fucking loaded like no. what did he get out of it he was just helping people not be in pain nothing shadier and than that 250 dollars a month from 500 people mm, that's all <laughs> and that's i don't i don't want to be with our patients yeah <laughs> well there were there was doctors like this all over the place i know because my sister had one like that. it was the doctor that she could go to to get her medicine hmm. um yeah uh anyway so he got busted he was like they had all these tapes of his i don't know why he had tapes of his conversations i don't know why fucking people do that nope. other than for podcast purposes <laughs> thanks friend <laughs> yeah um 
And he would like be joking about the fact that he knew that some of his patients were going to end up in prison, that they were selling the drugs, that they were, he knew they were testing positive for cocaine and stuff like that because he was testing them to see what levels of opiates they had in their system. He would laugh with them about the fact that they had levels in their system that should kill them, but it wasn't like he was kind of fucking nuts. Um, He was eventually convicted of 52 counts of drugs, something or other. He was sentenced to 25 years in prison, um, but then that sentence got overturned. Those convictions got overturned, and he was reconvicted of 16 lesser counts. Um, and then he, so he ended up getting out of prison. He's out now. He's and yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, so at this point, prescription opioids are killing more people than HIV or homicide, and more than heroin and cocaine combined. So. Combined this is, as you take them, or <laughs> are we or, talking speedballs? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure that counts. So <laughs> if you die doing a speedball, or if you die doing one or the other, which I always preferred, mm. um, I didn't like speedballs. Interesting. I'm like the only person on the planet. Um, I don't. I can't wait. <laughs> Jeez. I know. Join I, the party, Valentina. Come I on. I thought I was a mess. <laughs> I have so far to go. But these are like prescription drugs. Pharmaceutical companies are able to sell that are killing more people than illegal drugs. And we have a war against drugs. It's all about illegal drugs. And we're blocking a marijuana dealer. Yeah, exactly. Um, We have El Chapo, who's making it himself now. That's like a a pharmaceutical drug. They get the chemicals from China. China, um, And they say that it's way better because it it's a lot faster. So they can manufacture fentanyl. And mix it in with heroin. Heroin, you have to wait for the poppies to grow. Then Aww. you have to <laughs> you have to harvest them, right? and then what you have to <laughs> like with this other thing. You can just mix up a batch and mix it in with a little heroin, and you're good to go. So, um, Jesus. Anyway, there's just a giant debacle. Pharmaceutical companies are getting us coming and going, and we're paying in between. We're paying for the ER visits. We're paying for the like. uh, hospital stays. We're paying for the rehabilitation. We're paying for the prison. I, you oh, know, yeah. like for them to end up in prison because a lot of them do. And it's just such a huge fucking scam. And they are so, I mean, like these people, the slackers or the stacklers. Or the slack, They're not slacking. Snacklers? The snacklers <laughs> are totally little elves. Li- <laughs> literally getting away with murder. Yeah. And at the same time, able to like rehabilitate their name by putting, putting libraries out there. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just, it shows so dramatically the haves and the have-nots and the one percent and everybody else and the like these people who are just living large beyond anybody else's comprehension at the expense of people that are basically dying in the street and suffering horrendously and not to say that they don't have any personal accountability i don't think that but i do get the idea that if your doctor prescribes you something and knowing what addiction is like that sometimes those things are beyond your control and you're taking it at a doctor's orders in the beginning yeah. and you get caught up in that. And then when they say, Oh, you're better, you don't need it anymore. You're like, but no. your body tells you, yeah, you fucking do. You're going to go to some pretty extreme measures to um, get what you need. And they were interviewing this. Uh, I think it was a fireman or a cop from this town. They, they interviewed both actually, but they were just saying like, 
this is these are our neighbors. These are people we grew up with, and now yeah. we're going to save their lives every other week because they're overdosing. Or this guy's like, yeah, we I grew up with. She was like the prettiest girl in school, and she was like prom queen and blah blah blah. And she's offering me a blowjob in the backyard because she needs to go get a pill. Amazing. And he's just like, it's devastating. It's so sad, and they're just watching their friends and neighbors um, die or be as good as dead. It's just freaking gnarly, and the numbers are just rising and rising and rising and. It seems like we've opened a Pandora's box of mass proportions and are only willing to look at one small part of it as the problem and not really cracking down on the big companies that are helping to manufacture this stuff. And it sucks because at some level for people with, you know, cancer pain or people who are um, in hospice that are going to die, like those people should be able to get those kind of drugs. get out of it. Yeah, and... Either that or just make the whole fucking thing legal yeah. and just let people do what they need to do to survive this See, fucking world. that's my problem. And I realize that, like, if... I don't like know if a, it's a problem, Like, though. if a glass of wine could kill you, I'd probably still drink it. So I'm really not one to talk. But I just get so, like, why are we reviving these people 19 times in a month? I think, well, mostly because doctors and EMTs do a... Well, there's the whole do no first harm do no harm thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. save a life if you can. I guess, and that there's always hope as long as there's life. You but know? I, it's like I don't understand why there's suicide watch in prison. Like they're in jail. We don't. They're probably not gonna be great contributing members to society. Do we really need to watch? Do we need to protect them? Do we like the fucking Nasser guy? Are we gonna put him in like protective probably custody yes. in yes. the prison? Even though. And literally, even though, and because he's a monster. Like, we know that he's so bad that literally other people are going to try to kill him. Yeah. And we're going to try to protect him. Well, I had a, Ian and I were talking about this the other day because apparently one of the fathers tried to attack I him. I saw that. Yeah. And I was like, you well, know what? He the asked perfect... the judge. He's like, can I have five minutes alone I with know. him? And I was like, dude. He just wanted to make a statement. I know. But I was thinking the perfect long game on this is to go and become a prison guard. Oh, I thought get you were a, gonna say commit a crime. No, get a job at the prison where the guy's at. <laughs> yeah, Somehow he have manipulate the system yeah. to be able to have him get out into Gen Pop for a little while, or mm. accidentally, like with Jeffrey Dahmer, be cleaning a bathroom with a couple of guys, right. and just get it taken care of. I mean, if you really care, you know, no, I shouldn't say if you really care about your kid, you do that because that would, <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say. So if you're not doing that, then you don't. <laughs> but care. come on, dads, get your shit together. Be creative. Oh my god. But yeah. Yeah. I, and then just like preserving people on death row so that we can kill them. <laughs> that part is really weird too, and the whole death row thing is like. Why do we even make them sit there for 35? And we, But we did false convictions before, so it sucks because it's so hard to be sure for anything in the past. I mean, nowadays, I think we're probably um, pretty sure when somebody gets just right. with DNA and everything else, it's, we're a lot better. But we're still not 100%. And, I mean, the court system is so freaking rigged. But we're spending <sighs> millions and millions of dollars on the appeals process. Yeah. And it's oh, like, I don't how think... many people... And I mean, even if I went to prison for a crime I didn't commit, am I really going to contribute that much to the world when I get out? <laughs> you might. Like, that's... The people s- do. I don't know. That's the scale I I know people on. who've been in prison for years and get out and they get jobs and have families and are doing great. Sure, that's fine. But I mean... We can't count them out. I know. 
I just, I get very not. We could, I get very however, Darwinistic about it. Stop like, putting people mm-hmm. in prison for stupid shit. Well, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's my big thing. No As like weed dealers. Any drug. I'm, so here's my thing about drugs. Fuck it. People are doing drugs. Clearly, a shit ton of people are doing drugs. Yeah. Don't arrest them and put them in jail for doing drugs. If you're going to arrest them, arrest them for doing crimes in order to get the drugs. So if they're robbing banks so that they can buy drugs, yes, put them in jail for robbing banks. But don't put them in jail for possession. That's fucking stupid. Well, I don't, I'm sort of iffy about the dealers because I think they should be legal. So there would be no dealers because you'd be going to the local pharmacy. That would be amazing. You know, I just, I, I just have an issue with the way the whole system is set up. I think it's all fucked up. And I get, I mean, I also think that drug addicts, in order to feel like they need to sober up, also do need to pay consequences because that's how they figure that shit out. But I don't think putting people in jail for actually being high or or getting high or having drugs is the answer. I think put them in jail for the things that they're going to do in order to stay high because they all will do stupid shit. Because, I mean, shit's pretty bad. Yeah. And then at the same time, well, the super wealthy won't because they'll never have to do anything bad. But there's no goddamn answer. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not in charge. But it's just the worst. Ugh. Terrible. Yeah. No, I do get very. But you guys, we don't have worms growing in our feet. There's so, that. You know, high quality problems we've got here in the United States. Not, hey, my feet are covered in maggots. Can you please help me get rid of them? Pretty much. So there's some perspective for the yeah. day. Mm. Yeah. Wise, and we could all take warm showers. You know, sometimes it's all about perspective. <laughs> Are you high right now? <laughs> Have I had a little doing too much caffeine? Great. No, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Caffeine's not a drug. My heart's pumping out of my chest, but other than that, I'm doing great. I can see colors. <laughs> well, I can smell colors. Oh, better. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, That's yeah. So that is my little, and it's so much worse than that. But that oh was just God, the two I'm things sure. I tripped onto, and like the whole Purdue thing. And I had no idea. Like I thought they were a huge, like publicly traded. Right, just like a bunch of asshole scientists. And it's primarily owned by a family. That's amazing. So nuts. Huh. Yeah. And that whole incest thing. And the fact that they're now making Narcan, it just, ugh. That's so And they dead. probably, if I searched like it more, like a... I would not be surprised if they owned private prisons either because. <sighs> it's like having Smirnoff sponsor your AA meeting. Right. That's garbage. Yes, it's garbage. I don't like it. Yes. But yeah. That's why I told this tale on this podcast because I thought it was pretty fucking if I terrible. I change one life. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Put down your patches, people. Yeah, give them to me. Send them here. I already told Send you what to do with them. Put them in the microwave. <laughs> Scrape off Who the gel. I even thought of that. I'm telling you, drug addicts are ingenious. They really are. I mean, who thought of making crack who thought of freebasing like hey maybe if we mix this cocaine with some baking soda and then cook it up it'll right. become a rock and then we can smoke it like who the fuck thought of that well, I, my favorite show i've never done that obviously the only really clue that i have into this these people are like this person spends forty thousand dollars a day on drugs and i'm like what like how are you that entrepreneurial that you're i mean you're probably whoring yourself and whatever forty thousand dollars a day no but i mean a lot <laughs> yeah like more than i spend in a day yeah I, I i would say that yes people spend tremendous amounts of money and that's my whole point is that there's a lot of robbing and stealing in order to do that and put them in jail for that not for the possession part because that part is stupid mm. that part is a rehabilitation part it's the robbing and the stealing and the actually causing harm to others around them that i think they should go to jail for not for just doing harm to themselves 
Yeah. And that's my stand on it. Pretty and that's all I have to say about that. And that's life. all I have to say about that. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so, friends, that. Did you learn something today? Good. Yeah. Did I did. I hope so. Yeah. That it's was my intention. That's good stuff. I always try to bring it to this podcast, the things you need to know, whether it be people fucking horses or I mean, people doing drugs. It's a sliding scale. You know? There's a lot of crazy <laughs> shit happening in the world, and we need it's to cover all of it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're going to talk about cavities. <laughs> Aren't, isn't candy the worst? <laughs> Sugar's terrible for oh, you. Okay. Number one most addictive drug and most used drug in the world, sugar. probably. Sugar. And I'm a sugar fiend. I'm on day three of no sugar. And apparently and I, it's maybe not... that's why I was crying this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it's not that common for adults to be crazy into sugar. What? To crave... We just don't realize how much sugar we're ingesting. Well, yeah. But it, as far as like craving actual sweets. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, they've never met away. Ian. But yeah, I had to take, I don't know what I was, I think I was yeah. filling out like my 23andMe like uh. questionnaire where they just want to like glean info from everybody who won't participate. And one of them was like, do you think you crave sweets like more than your friends? And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm always, like I used to bake a cake a week when I was like full-time riding. Yeah. My friend Priscilla would come in my house and eat it. We'd it eat, rude. we'd eat cake. But yeah, I could eat sweets all day every yeah. day. Ann and I made an agreement because I'm trying not to eat sugar. That um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So milk? yeah, you. Oh, well, you don't drink, I don't drink milk. milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's already. What do you eat that has sugar in it then? Just uh, processed foods. Candy. Um, yeah, breads, stuff like that that doesn't have sugar necessarily, but it turns into sugar in your right. system. Um, Interesting. Not that much, probably, but that stuff. If uh, I was vegan, all I would eat would be candy, probably. Well, so we came to an agreement that I would just buy lemon heads, Mike and I. Because it, it's like a fruit. <laughs> no, because I won't eat those because they're too sugary oh. for me. So I'm like, okay, I can buy those because they're not going to tempt me in the house. Like, I, I don't want that stuff. Like, I like. But Ian eats them. Yeah. Okay. But I like licorice and good and plenties and. Oh, black stuff licorice? Stuff that's. I love black Ooh. licorice. Gross. Yeah, I love it. I could eat red vines from now until. Red vines are good too. I like the grab bag of all the different kinds. No. Itself, but yeah. yeah, I know. I'm one of, my mom raised me eating black licorice, so I love it. And like the real, like natural black licorice you get is super strong. Have you had Australian licorice? Yes. <laughs> Those Aussies know how to do it. I've actually had Finnish licorice too because our friend Miriam in Finland sent it to me for my Secret Santa present oh my and God. it was delicious. Yeah, yes. my mom bought me like a five pound bag of Australian like strawberry liquid. Mm, liquid. <laughs> I've been no, drinking. She's trying to get me off the liquid. So she put me on the liquid. <laughs> <sugar. laughs> Here, just eat sugar. Basically. There is a lot of sugar in booze. Uh yes. wine in particular, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Vodka no, which is try why I try to do mostly vodka. <laughs> Is that what's in that cup? You just put a drop of food no, coloring in there? No, it's all wine. This is all <laughs> like, wine. Just put a red dye in. It'll be fine. Nobody will notice. Sure. All right, well, everybody. Don't let the man get you down. That's right. Don't take opioids if you can avoid it. Yes. Because don't. it's all a fucking scam to get you in a private prison and keep <laughs> you a slave for life. Don't do that. That's really the end game. So yeah. everybody look out. And yeah, don't do that. All right. Have a great week. Love you, call me. Bye. Bye.